just a reminder, we record all of these calls, so don't say anything that you don't want other people to hear. Um, this is our April book club call. Thank you for being on. This month's book is Getting Things Done by David Allen. I found it to be uh, extremely stressful. <laughs> it was the, the further I got into the book, the more stressed I got, and which is the whole purpose of the book is to not be stressed. So it, I find it I found it to be very humorous and amusing. Uh, so um, I'll just start talking, and anyone that has any thoughts or comments, jump in, especially those of you that have read the book. And again, I, I don't know if Aliona is on the call, but I know Aliona loves this guy, loves the book, has definitely adopted the entire thing, uh, the entire time management system to her way of life, uh, which I'm definitely going to want her to talk about it, so I hope she, if she's not on the call, she jumps in. So basically the premise, and I do have lots of comments, um, is to, that if, if, it, if you have any item in your brain, that that item in your brain will cause you stress and anxiety and distraction because your brain cannot decipher between my son's graduating in three months and I need to do the video for his graduation dinner to I have a broken tooth and I have to get to the dentist in 15 minutes. The brain, as phenomenal that it is, cannot decipher between something three months ago and something from five minutes. So, so the brain will continue to regurgitate on a your things to do conference this. call with that Beth Azor. Hello? If you guys, uh, I love to hear comments, but if you're talking to someone else, we need to mute the lines. So, um, so yeah, so, he, so basically he says that you have to put it all down in some sort of collectible, you know, method, whether it is on uh, something like an Evernote or whether it's on paper. And what he suggests is you take, if you, if you adopt his system, he wants you to take two or three days or six or eight hours, depending on how much stuff you have, and literally go through everything piece of paper and have an inbox, and if there's something like I have to take the suit to the seamstress before Vegas, um, that obviously you don't have the suit in your office, but you write that down on a piece of paper and in the inbox it goes, and then you go, start going through the inbox and you have file folders. It just was overwhelming to me listening to this book. So, so now I absolutely 100% agree with him that if it's in your head, and not somewhere, how that could stress you out and add anxiety to your life. So I, I definitely buy in on that. But the idea that you have to go through two or three days of this organizational process might stress me out more. So I'm going to stop to see if anyone wants to jump in if anyone's read the book or anyone has a comment on what I just said. Hey, Beth. It's Greg Parsons. Hi. How are you? Did you How read are? the book? 
Um, I'll be full disclosure. I did not. So That's I apologize. Okay. How, no, it's okay. However, I, you guys don't have to read the books. I'm, I just want to know before you speak because I need to know the context. So go ahead. However, um, if you watch any of his TED Talks or if you watch of any of his stuff online uh, on YouTube, mm-hmm. the book is the book is pretty much good regurgitated in in in, vis, in visible form, visual form. So um, for the most part. Now, what I will say though is. It, it can stress you out, um, but what, what I think is interesting about what I got just from watching him on his videos is that just being engaged in, in your life and, and not um, – and I do, under, do like the fact that you, you know, he says to write things down, but I, I don't think that's a practical, practical um, application to do – spend two to three days to, to kind of organize your life. I, I think there's better ways to do it. Um, I, I do, but I do understand the premise. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've, impl- I've implemented time blocking, um, which has completely or- reorganized myself, and I'm, I'm probably the most disorganized person there is in the world. Um, but that sends, tends to keep me focused because um, I, can, I can get um, distracted. Yeah. <sighs> distracted and scattered very easily. So mm-hmm. that part has helped me focus, laser focused on what I'm trying to do and, um, you know, get myself a little bit more organized. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have not watched the TEDx or his videos. Uh, maybe I will. Um, you know, I kind of, I, you know, I, I understand 100% that if everything that was in my head was somewhere collected on, you know, sheets of paper or on Evernote or somewhere, you know, would that, so, because what, basically he says, if you don't have a clear head, you can't be creative. And I get that. I just don't know. Let's say I took three days to go, you know, do this process. I'm assuming that an hour after I finish the process, I get three more (laughs) to-dos that I've got to now go back and put in the process like you don't stop getting things to do this is what it's like an and and he does say that you then that you review you know you have these projects and so again I'm going to be all over the place on this because it's just it was it, it, it did have some really great meaty things like he says if you've got a things to do you it's 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 not um it's only productive when you have action steps Right, so um, you know, I need to. So maybe your project is my my Michaels is moving out in July. You know, that's a to do. Right now, it's not productive until you have action steps. So I need to make you know three cold calls to national retailers every day. You know, and or and I need to meet with Kara to brainstorm about uses, or I need to send out, you know. And you're gonna, you guys will hear me and, and cringe. Email blasts, but only to tenant rep brokers. So I send email blasts only to tenant rep brokers, not to the retailers. But you know, having action steps on your to-do item. He says without action steps, it's it's worthless and not productive. And I, I, you know, so I think that that's interesting. I will tell you, my trainer, I told him I was reading the book. I said, oh, I read that book years ago. In fact, how funny is this? I've, I've been listening to the Audible, but I was cleaning my bookshelf a couple of weeks ago, and I found the, one of the original um, books, and one of my leasing agents, Mitch, 
for those of you in South Florida know, know Mitch Boxer. He was one of my leasing agents. He gave me the book probably, I don't know, it's old. Like, I started reading the hard copy, and I realized I can't read this. They don't even know about, like, email in this book. 2001. So, and he wrote, Beth, um, good information in here, Mitch. So that was funny. But, um, so my trainer said, oh, I read that years ago. He goes, he, I remember it being overwhelming. I said, yeah, that's about how I would describe it. And then he said, but I tell you what, I still do something from from reading it to this day, and I got it from that book. And I said, well, what's that? And he said, the two-minute rule. And so in the book, the two-minute rule is if you can do it in two minutes, just do it. Don't delegate it, but do it right then and there. So if I can, if I want to get a massage this weekend and I think about, okay, I need to get a massage, well, I can do that in two minutes. I can go online and sign up for my massage. That, that if you can do it in two minutes or less, don't delegate it, just do it yourself and do it the minute you think about that. So, and I have read, um, I did some Googling on him for other comments about people that have read the book and what they thought about the book, and I saw three or four comments about people saying, you know, love the two-minute rule. So I thought that that was a great takeaway. I'm going to keep talking until I hear someone interrupt me. He says that you cannot generate power of your brain unless you're in a relaxed state. And what I, and again, that means about getting all of it out of your brain and onto a, onto a system and onto a piece of paper or Evernote. Um, I, I think that's somewhat true because, you know, people say I get all my good ideas, whether they're driving in the car or I get mine when I have massages. People get them in showers. So um, I do think that when you're relaxing and trying, you know, and not thinking about your 30 things that, you know, on your to-do list, you tend to be more creative, right? So I, I see that. Um, he also talked about, and I, I'm sure this is true for all of us, you know, how organized and how much do you get things done right before you're going away on vacation, right? So you, you get organized and, you, you know, you get, you get all the priorities taken care of so that you can go on vacation. And, you've, and he says the reason people have such a great time on vacation is because they just spent the last two or three weeks getting a bunch of stuff done. So do, do some of you on the phone, do you find that, you know, when you're getting ready to go on vacation? There's a, and there's a book, I know Chris Ressa had his team doing this, I think, all of last year, I think it's called the four-week year. So instead of, and, and he, that was the same premise, that if you like are a public company and you have quarterly end of year, you know, end of quarter results where you've got to go get all your leases signed, you know, it's a lot of pressure to get leases signed before the end of the quarter. But he also says that in that book, they talk about vacations. How much do you get done when you just have a limited time to do it? You're very focused on setting priorities and getting the stuff done. So that four-week year was a model that I know DLC was working on for a while. So um, what do you guys think? Do you get – so the two comments are, are you more creative when you are relaxed? And, when, and you can't be relaxed if you have 43 things going on in your head. And do you get so much done when you, right before vacation? So I'm going to throw that out to the group. Hello. Nobody wants to speak today, huh? Hey, Beth, I will. Fine. I, I don't care. I'm happy. <laughs> It'll be me and you. That's fine. Okay. Um, 
what I what I think is interesting is that I mean, I don't necessarily get more creative. I, mean, I I get more creative when I'm engaged in the process, and and but but by fully engaging in what I'm trying to do, whether it be you know replace a tenant or you know sit down with a retailer and offer different different solutions just to kind of help increase their business. If, if I'm engaged in in what they're truly doing, then I am so much more creative and can offer so much better, you know, so many different solutions to, to certain problems that, you know, I just, I, I'm more relaxed that way. I mean, I guess theoretically, you know, and it goes back to what, what David was talking about is like the more you are engaged in, in your projects, the less relaxed, the, the less stressful you are because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're in the moment you're in and you're in it. You, you own it. You're, you're offering solutions and you are, you're you're offering value and you're being valuable to to not just yourself but you know whomever you're dealing with. So right. Um, but so I, I don't feel so, like I'm. So you are when you're in it, you're not distracted. So then you can be focused and then you be creative. Exactly, and and that, that's exactly right. And I mean, yes, just even some of the videos that David talks about. I mean, it, it's extremely overwhelming, and and I mean, I don't perhaps see everything that he sees, but. Um, if I, I think that the engagement part, and I think that's a lot to do with everything that's kind of going on in our world today, either from a from a business development perspective or retail perspective, we, we've kind of lost the engagement. You know, I've just noticed a lot of retailers that just tend to think I can just show up and I'm just generating sales today when that's not even why what they should be doing. I mean, I All get right. the whole sales part. Um, but if they don't know why they're there or what their motivation is, what's the point? Right. Well, I mean, don't don't waste your time. Go some, don't, go do something that you want to do. Well, and that's and you know, their their in case in point is Toys R Us, right? Exactly. No engagement with the customer. I mean, phenomenal opportunity. Who? What do we spend the most on our money? What do we spend the most money on? Our kids. What? is the number one driver of retail today, experience. Kids and experience equals not Toys R Us. I mean, you know, even Home Depot has, you know, the Saturday morning, you know, Home Depot goes, how do I get the dads to come to Home Depot on a Saturday? They want to come, but their wives don't want them to come unless they bring the kids. Well, let's do something for the kids. Oh, let's build birdhouses. Dad, you go and shop and leave your kids with us, and we'll do build, you know, birdhouses. So now the kids wake up on Saturdays and go, Dad, let's go to Home Depot. I mean, freaking brilliant, right? So yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, 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 you know, it, he, he it, says uh, he says you can fool everyone else, but you can't fool your own mind. You know, that correct. goes back to. You know, I, I, I do, when, when, I, when I sit down and get all the stuff that's in my brain out on paper, I do have a clearer path, right? It's kind of like, I don't know, so, you know, Greg, obviously you're a guy, but I don't know, for the women in the room, sometimes I come in, and, and maybe for guys with briefcases, but sometimes I'll come into the office and I've had a, you know, unusually hectic week, travel, appointments, da-da-da. I come in, I get to my office, I sit down, and the only thing I want to do is clean my purse. <laughs> now, I have 43 things I need to do, but I need to clean my purse before I can do 
thing one, Josie will walk in and go, what are you doing? I said, I'm cleaning my purse. <laughs> it's kind of like cleaning your brain or your mind. Like I know it's a mess and I cannot move forward. Or, or you know, there's the there's that, uh, that um, I think, Navy SEAL guy who writes the book, you know, you got to wake up and make your bed. <laughs> so there's th- this, this cleaning the clutter of your brain and your mind. I, I get the whole concept. I just don't know how you spend three days doing it and think that you're done. It's, it's just this ongoing thing. I don't, you know, I don't know if Aliona has joined us yet. I would love for her to to speak to how she's doing this. She's been, I think she told me she's been doing this, pro, this, his program for like three years. So just crazy. Um, in the meantime, says, Beth, uh, I'll jump in. Oh, who's that? Hey, it's Teresa. Oh, tell, jump in. So just from the, as I told you before we officially started the call, I did not read the book, but I am a list person. Mm-hmm. And I know that sometimes we distinguish one another of are you a list person or are you not? So mm-hmm. I, uh, so I will um, buy into the, the general what you're saying, too, that we, I, I need to get it out from circling around in my mind and getting it down, and then I'm going to organize it by priority. Mm-hmm. And um, I reset it every week. Mm-hmm. And it takes me probably about an hour and a half to go to redo it. What did I accomplish last week? Where am I? Where are my priorities? And then I'm relaxed about it and when I, from the standpoint of, okay, I know where my priorities are and um, kind of a combination of, I wouldn't say block scheduling because you know, I'm subject to a lot of, um, like we all are, conference calls and interruptions. And, and, uh, but then when I know I get... I need, and I, I also put time, I, you know, way back to Zig Ziglar days, I do put time needed to accomplish each of those items on my list. Just a rough estimation, which I usually double, uh, so I can see how feasible it is to attain what it is that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me, and let me ask I, you, in that hour and a half and all those things you're doing and prioritizing, do you have personal things in there too, or is it just work? That's all work. And what do you do about personal? Because that's floating around in your brain too. Um, so I actually don't write those down. Hmm. And they're, they don't circle the same way. Yeah, good for you. They're circling mine the same way, sometimes worse. Hey, this is Glenn in Albuquerque, and I, I'm going to agree. Uh, I got I clear it all out. Um, you know, a cluttered brain make, makes it hard for me to focus. I mean, I'm not a list person. I'm, I'm what I like to call a forced list person. It's huh. I'll go everywhere if, if you let me, but I've got to do a list to keep myself focused and, and, and on track. At the same time, I mean, I've got four kids, wife, two dogs, plus a business to run, this, that, and the other. I, I've got to get it all worked out. Otherwise, you know, it, it keeps coming back in my brain. It's like, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. You know when right. you get you home, your wife's going to yell at you because you didn't do this. You know? So I have to get it all going. I'm that guy, like the seal does. You've got to make your bed first thing in the morning. I do that every morning. First thing I get done in the day, got to make my breakfast. First thing, you know, next thing I get done, got to make sure the kid, you know, kids are fed after school, get myself to the office at this time so I can start my research. Uh, you know, I, 
my uh, co-broker here, Chris, you know, we got to hit our strategy sessions. We got to have our plans. I forced myself to get those lists going. At the same time, you, you know, you've got to, you know, reprioritize all through the day, but I've got to clear my mind through everything or, or I'll be everywhere. Right. So, so you're yeah, a I start to get person. stressed out if I, if I get away. If I, if I didn't get to reset my list, uh, and then I feel like, I, so, and I go like, well, just go ahead and you know what are kind of the top things. Go ahead and do them. And then I, then I start getting stressed because um, I know that I'm kind of floating. I'm not necessarily doing it in the priority. So, so how many, uh, Teresa, on, you, so you do an hour and a half every week, great. How many things, and you don't do personal, which good for you. I, I can't even imagine. So now, how many things are on that list? I, I'm, I'm heading okay, somewhere I'll, with this. I'll, I'll work on my current one. Give me one second. And I think that I'm going to also say that my family stuff is more like two-minute deals. Um, I'm, I will actively text throughout the day. My kids are old enough that um, we're not in daycare type situations. I've got drivers too. And, but most of my family things on a day-to-day basis, um, I'm going to say I'm, gonna, I'm exercising the two-minute rule on. Okay. Do you know, do you, can you tell me, is it 10 or 100 on that hour oh, and a half? It is, hold on, I'm executing a left-hand turn while I'm looking at it. Oh, my God, don't get in a... Hmm. I won't, I won't, I one won't. Of the, one of the quotes um, in his book, which is humorous, just as a side note, waiting for Teresa, I am rather like a mosquito in a nudist camp. I know what I want to do. I don't know where to begin. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So this one this week looks like it's cool. about <laughs> it's about 50 items long. Okay. So I will say this. Um, I will tell you I am not the most organized person in the world. You know, people say, how do you get so much done? You know, I have Josie. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have Josie, 80% of the stuff wouldn't get done. But I will say this. I do pretty much religiously do the following. And I've, I've shared this before. Uh, before I go to sleep at night, like right you know, when I'm kind of, you know, uh, uh, whatever, um, slowing down or getting ready to turn off the light and set my alarm, um, I put, you know, the five I think about the next day. I look at my calendar, and I think about the next day. What are the five things offensively, right, not reactively, not defensively? What are the things I need to do tomorrow that move the ball ahead? And it has nothing to do with the stuff on my calendar because the stuff on my calendar, it's going to get done. It's on my calendar. So, you know, what do I need to do so did I not make any cold calls on the Michaels yesterday? Do I need to do two tomorrow or four because I didn't do any yesterday? Um, you know, make, make four calls for Michaels. And then maybe the next one is um, work on work 15 minutes on the webinar for next month. Things to move the ball forward that are not a reaction thing, not a defensive thing, and not something that's on my calendar. Uh, if, and I don't always get all five done. And a lot of times, you know, it's phone calls, right? 
you know, a lot of times I might just say the five things or make five phone calls for Michaels. And then in the morning, I drink in my coffee. Okay, who are the five people I'm going to call for Michaels today? And then driving after dropping Mario off at the bus stop on the way to the trainers, I'm, I can make three of the calls. So if I can get, let's say three, if I do it religiously, you know, I do five a day, a night, you know, and I, and it's weird, you know, and I'm, you guys know me, I'm not woo woo or granola, but sometimes when you sleep on it after you wrote the five, you know, you get ideas. It's weird, but it happens. So if I get to Friday night at six o'clock and I've done 15, you know, three a day times five, and they were moving the ball ahead, that's a really good week because I did things to move the ball ahead, mostly prospecting stuff, you know. So, um, but because so, so, otherwise, you know, we like we all probably have things to do lists with 50, 75, 100, 150. And, you know, sitting down and prioritizing. So, so Teresa, when you sit down, do you always sit down on Monday to do the hour and a half? Do you do it on the weekend? Do you do it the Friday before? Uh, a combination of those. I am so happy when I get it done the Friday before. Okay, and then you do it the Friday before. Now you're happy. You have a very relaxing, non-stress-free weekend because if you didn't do it on Friday, it's weighing on you all weekend to do it, Yes. Uh, not, not that heavily, but it is, but it's you know it's there. So it's it's nice to know I'm coming in Monday, and I know what my my path. You're is. hitting the ground running, and then yeah. um, how long does it take you to? Oh, you said it takes you an hour and a half, and um, how many things like of, during the week of the 50 items? How many do you get done by Friday afternoon? Um, usually do not get to the bottom of my list, um, but yeah, I mean I usually have overscheduled my ability and so then those will come into the top of the next list to get them done. And do you find that the stuff at the bottom of the list just never gets done because they're not really priorities? Sometimes yes and sometimes no, because sometimes they truly are a priority. And, um, you know, I'm, I am um, not, I am a very, I do not love research, and so I will push that one. You procrastinate. Just, you know, there are things I you procrastinate because you don't like because, doing them. Yeah, and it's not, you know, it's not going to make me money like the LOI that, you know, didn't get done on Friday that truly is going to get done on Monday. Right, right, right. Good. I, I oh, want to throw out, if I might, for the family folks, I don't know if this is going to help at all, but um, my husband and I use an app called Cozy, C-O-Z-I, and um, you, if you have a family master calendar, then you've already got a family master calendar electronically. This is an electronic master calendar that is an app that's on both of our phones that gives up to three notifications per each event because um, he and I did not have a scheduler that was meshed together. Hmm. So I don't know if that helps anybody in their family to do, but I've absolutely loved it. That's great because I find with my boys is they're terrible schedulers and reminders of things themselves. And if we started that as a family, they might get, I, I could start getting them into good habits. 
There's even a grocery list part of it so that whenever anybody thinks of something that needs to go on the grocery list while you're out and about, you just pop on, add it onto the list, so then whoever's going to go to the store. Gonna go to the store. I'm, a, I'm a big I'm, shipped. I'm a big I turned over and did all my grocery now by shipped. They just, you know, but it's good to, for people. I always say, hey, I'm ordering from shipped. Who, who needs something? Um, okay, so let's go back to a couple more comments in the book. Um, let's see, you can, it says, um, you don't actually do a project, you can only do action steps related to it. When enough of the right action steps have been taken, some situation will be, have been created that matches your initial picture of the outcome closely enough that you can call it done. The list of projects is the compilation of the finish lines we put before us to keep our next actions moving on all tracks appropriately. He, he's all about you know, having, not just having the to-do to, to items or the project list, but the action steps. He's, you know, that, that's big for him. Um, I like this quote, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. <laughs> I like little quotes like that. Um, and then and, uh, just a few more, another quote, it's not enough to stare up the stairs. We must step up the stairs, meaning action. And he talks about a lot about, you know, if you get stuck, you know, just take some form of action. Any form of action will help you get going on a project. So if you're procrastinating on something or putting it off or, you know, just like what is it, the, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? And, I, you know, I think that, that, that that's true. Agreed. It's, it's kind of like physics. An object in motion will continue in motion. That's the truth. So true. Just you know, and, and I and I think that you know, I have a friend who is going through some stuff, and um, and he's you know gets a little down on himself and has a little depression. And I just said, just go take a walk outside, or you know, just you know, do the dishes, or just do just do something, do something that takes some action, right? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go drive some balls for, for like a half an hour, you know, at lunchtime or something, and then we come back and get at it. Whatever it takes to to clear the head and get right again. Yeah. Yeah, Gabe Gonzalez. I, you know, if you guys are following him on um, Instagram, yesterday he posted. He he was outside walking, and he said, "I have so much to do." <laughs> he goes, "I just came back from showing space four or five times at five different shopping centers in Miami. I came back. I have a hundred voicemails and a hundred and fifty emails, and in those emails, there's LOIs and leases. But I just had to go take a walk and clear my head for three minutes." And uh, I think that's, that's my problem is the fact I'm next to a golf course, so there's that little distraction, you know. <laughs> That could be dangerous. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, you know, he also talks about, and I think, you know, we all, you know, this is a generation of people saying, um, you know, how, how great multitaskers we are, right? But I've heard this before, not just from him. Uh, I, actually, I, I don't like turbulence. So a couple years ago I went to see a hypnotherapist because I wanted to try to see if they could help me, you know, get more confident in, with turbulence. And what he said, um, he said in a book I was reading about it, 
and, 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 and David Allen said the same thing, is basically you can't think of two things at the same time, and you can't do two things at once, even though we drive and talk on the phone. But like the hypnotherapist said to me, the, the hypnotist said, if you're thinking of, of you know, your, you know, the graduation party that you threw for your son and you did the video and you were there and it was so happy. And it, if you're like in that moment and turbulence hits, it's, it's way harder for the turbulence to affect you. Now, if you're sitting there thinking it's going to be turbulent, it's going to be turbulent, it's going to be turbulent, you know, it's going to affect you more. So get your the mind is a powerful thing and getting your mind off of the negative thoughts and onto something positive is helpful. And, and, and David Allen says, you know, again, you can't do two things at once, no matter how, or, and you can't do them well, and you can't think of them. You can't think of both things at once. So, uh, you know, I wrote that down as well. Well, and, and that goes into the action. So my mom once told me, if you want to dwell over something, you tell someone, don't think about a gray elephant. That's all they're going to think about is that gray elephant. If, huh. if that's in your head, you've got to get after it and, and squash it. Otherwise, you're not going to move forward. You're always going to come back to that gray elephant. That stuck with me my whole life. I think she told me that when I was five. And it's true. Exactly, exactly. I, th I think that's so true. Um, it says, every decision you make, little or big, diminishes a limited amount of your brain power. Deciding to not decide about an email or anything else is another one of those decisions which drains your psychological fuel tank. So that's pretty powerful. Every decision you make, little or big, dimin diminishes the limited amount of your brain power, which is why he says you just, you know, just power through and do it. Because if you're not doing it, you're making a decision. Right? And you'll keep thinking about it. And you'll keep thinking about it, and that will add stress, and stress is not good for creativity. Right? And there goes your blood pressure. Exactly. <laughs> um, he says, uh, distinguishing, distinguishing actionable from non-actionable -action things is the first key success factor in this arena. Second is determining what your potential use of the information is and therefore where and how it should be stored. Once these are addressed, you have total freedom to manage and organize as much or as little reference material as you want. So he's speaking about the stuff that you have hanging around like future restaurants I want to eat at in my travels. You know, is that an actionable or non-actionable? No, it's reference, and then putting them in some sort of file folder or, you know, take a picture of it and, you know, or put it on a, a list in Evernote. That, that's just a reference material. What I did love about him, I loved about him, is he said he's a pack rat. You know, <laughs> you know raise your hand. Uh, you know, that's me. So I liked that he wasn't saying, you know, you've got to go paperless and you've got to get rid of everything because, you know, because it is stressful. You know, you, you watch these stories and read these books and see all, you know, these 60 minutes about, I don't know, that woman, you know, the, the Asian woman who, you know, wants you to throw everything away. I don't, it's, she's, that's the latest trend, right? Oh, you that's hold it, you give me your joy. Too. Yeah, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I would dwell right. on that too. <laughs> right. What did I throw away? Now, every, right. you know, and I, I don't know, okay, who on this call has a zero email Outlook page besides Josie? Who has zero emails on their Outlook? 
I think we should have a vote to see, or, or a, 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 a whatever, a vote, not a vote, but who get, wins the award for the most emails on Outlook? Who wants to throw in a number? Greg, do you have an empty page? No. Good. No. Teresa, do you? I, no, nowhere close. Like, I have like 30,000. 40,551. <laughs> you make me feel so much better. I, I mean, I don't even have time to delete the freaking things. Now, I did hear we, we are it would trying take all day. So it would take you all day to delete it, and then you'd wake up the next day, and there'd be another thousand. Well, it, that, that, it's a fact of, okay, so what happened to that guy I talked to was that conversation? I could, I could search his name and find that old conversation and, and go back to it and, and pick that up again. So if I delete it, and I'll go, what happened to that? I can't go back and reference it. So it's like, it's that little insecurity of, what if I forget? You know? I know. Well, so, so what I did do, because, you know, people, even though I keep saying stop sending email blasts, no one's listening to me. Um, <laughs> someone told me, at, I think it was at the OAC, I, I'm not sure where, it was one of the co many conferences I've been in the last month. Um, what they said is they, there's a way to create a separate email Outlook box and tell it that any email that comes in that has the word unsubscribe at the top, all those will go to that separate email box. So, hey, hey, Beth, it's Hugh. Um, I, I've been telling my team, that actually all my team have that set up right now. And so it works. are you the one that told me about this? I want to give you credit. Probably. I've been, yeah, some, someone else had asked me that uh, at OAC saying, hey, you know, I'm getting like 300 emails a day. And I said, yeah, you know, a lot of it's junk. Um, right. I think by law they have to put the word either unsubscribe or remove, but remove is you know too common, so just live with unsubscribe. And you just set up a rule in your Outlook saying if the body of the email contains the word unsubscribe, move it to another uh, subfolder. I call it mass emails. Um, and then, uh, but but you have to make sure that they don't do that with. Uh, emails that have the word unsubscribe but also have the RE or the FW in the front, you know, uh, because it might be someone trying to forward it to you or reply uh, back mm -hmm. to you. So that would be the two exceptions. Well, we did it. I do think, Hugh, you probably the, were the one that told me about it, so thank you. And we did it. And um, uh, <laughs> Josie said she's getting more emails now than I was, but I, at least mine have, have definitely cut down. Now, I love that. I'm, probably my emails have unsubscribed, so now when you guys do this, you're not going to get any of my emails. But um, I'm willing for that to happen. Just you know, follow me on social media because I'd rather not be sending you guys emails anyway. But so, Hugh, is Aliona there, or is she at an appointment? No, she's at an appointment. So she's the one that, you know, do you know if she is using this whole system and program? I think she told me she's been using it for a couple of years. She's, um, she, she, you know how she is. So she tried to one-up me on that. And now she has folders for uh, landlord leasing, tenant rep leasing, you know, like categories. And she tries to find the keywords that are unique to, to those emails that come in for, you know, for a lease or for sale, and, mm -hmm. and, and she tries to, you know, sort out those mass emails even further. Uh, so she actually has this 
pretty complex set of rules, um, which which I, I tried to follow, but I wasn't able to. So I just keep it simple and go with. No, but I'm talking about David Allen's system on getting things done. Oh, that um, she does have that. Uh, she does follow that for the last couple of years. Well, one of the things that she does is she tracks her time. So um, you know, on any given week, she can tell you how many hours she was canvassing, uh, responding to emails, um, you know, putting LOIs together, leases together, et cetera. And 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 she says that's been really helpful. So if you track your time, and there's apps for that now. So if you track your time for a couple weeks, you can kind of see maybe where some inefficiencies are, or maybe you can batch process some stuff. Well, that's like Greg on your time blocking. Um, that's kind of along the same, you know, now I think you, what you probably do is say, I'm going to spend an hour, you know, calling tenants to do pop-ups versus I'm wondering if Aunt Leona just sits down and starts working and then says, okay, I spent 48 minutes on that, either forwards or backwards, right? Right. Yeah. So, Hugh, how many emails in your Outlook? He's going to have like uh, 10 watch. Right, right now I have 68, but that's just because I get, you know, um, I'm so jealous. I, I get a lot. I get a lot every day. So, so you know, one of, actually, uh, one of the email, one of the books you you sent to me um, with the Zappos guy. Uh, what he does is he actually only he answers the emails one day behind. So he lets he doesn't even look at the current day's emails. He he answers the previous day's emails. And uh, that's less stressful for them because you, you get into that kind of you know hamster wheel of just constantly you know replying to emails. Mm -hmm. And if you uh, wait a day and let you know and respond to the emails a day later, some, a lot of this stuff gets resolved uh, throughout the day just from other mm -hmm. people that might be cc'd on it. And uh, that's what he does. I mean, you know, I I, I tried it. You can do it on some stuff, but you know, I'll let some stuff kind of go for a day, but. Um, some stuff you need to reply right away. So let me ask you, how in the world do you get it to 68? How much time do you spend deleting crap every day? You've got to spend an hour just deleting, don't you? Because don't you get like 300 emails a day, 400? Uh, I do, but um, with my rules that are in place in my inbox, um, I would say I get about 100 or so emails that I actually need to read within, you know, 24 hours uh -huh. and respond to. All the rest goes to that scan, uh, to the math emails folder. That uh -huh. I can check over the weekend if I'm, like, just on the couch or something, uh -huh. um, if, if I feel like it, or, or maybe it goes a couple of weeks before I check that. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, it's so a lot of So if I need you, I better on. text you, huh? Well, no, no, I keep an eye on it. Um, you know, if, if it doesn't have the word unsubscribe, I mean, it shows up. I, I can check my phone. I, I can decide whether or not I want to, you know, um, respond to it right away. Yeah, I hate, you know, I, Josie said, goes, just unsubscribe. So I hate it when you pu push the unsubscribe and then it says, fill out this information. Oh, it's so annoying. So what, so did you, did you read the book here or no? I didn't read the book. That's okay. I, you don't have to read the book. I'm just curious as to who. I, I'm, did anyone on the call read the book? This is Marty Mang, and I read that book a long time ago. I'm, I'm a great fan of it. You I've are. I've been for you a long time. Mm -hmm. 
So do you, so you follow the principles? How yes, often I do. do you, so every week you'd write it all down and put it in your files and do all well, that? Well, I go organized. to the I go to my Friday review session. I don't get all the way through it, but um, I found that organizing your thoughts with this was extremely helpful because it makes you think of what's my next action step. So right. that's what I have it all organized, all my tasks with the next action step and sometimes more than one. Right. And uh, I do like a weekly review to, to update where it is and I know where everything is and everything I have to work on, everything I have to look at. And, and, and I, love, I love the system. And uh, every time I read through that book, I learn something more that, about actually setting your long-term goals and working down backward and, and so on and so forth. But I, I really like it. it. So I, let me I ask like you this. So much. How many new things it. do you add a week? Like, because uh, you've got to add a bunch every week that's new, right? Yes. Yeah. You just add whatever comes comes in you know you just kind of I I have I have the um, I actually use tasks for it so I just click on task and put it in there and that's an outlook yeah mm-hmm. do you have a CRM Marty that you use or no yeah mm-hmm, we do so you but, do this uh, and the, the CRM the, the CRM is different this is like our CRM is kind of proprietary and it's mm-hmm. it's it's in Outlook also, but I can use just plain Outlook for this. Mm-hmm. Right. Just now, a little now, bit of um, organization Hugh. tip. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Hugh. Uh, so for the task list, um, if you guys download Todoist, to do I uh, I S T, that's mm-hmm. like a task list on steroids where you can you know do a lot of tagging and and other mm-hmm. things, labels, tags, filters, and all that. Uh, really good. You know, you can actually have it as an add-on to your Outlook to replace your uh, Outlook task list, which is not as good. And then it syncs to your phone, and and you can get also log into it through the web. Um, mm-hmm. Super good. So you use so Hugh, you use Todoist, Outlook, and your CRM. I use. Uh, I I personally, you know, when I if, if I was doing leasing, I would definitely do use the Todoist. I know Aliona uses it. Um, I I I have it up, uh, but I haven't had the enough time to be able to dedicate into how to really integrate it into my workflow. Right. So uh, it's, it's on my to do it to do list. To do list is on my to do list. Um, <laughs> Who on the phone is on, has a CRM and what CRM are you using? If you're really mm-hmm. using it, if you're playing around with that, I don't want to know. Who's using a CRM and if it's proprietary or is there a name? Yeah, it's, uh, ours is, ours ahead, is on uh, uh, City National has its own, and it's, it is an sh- offshoot from Workforce, but uh, it's... Or it's, Salesforce? It's, it's it's been Salesforce, but it's been like adapted for us. But we're getting an upgrade and so on, and we're absolutely required to use it. We have to use it. When, okay, when who I else? say required, you know. Right, Teresa, are you on a CRM? Hi, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. We are. We really are not yet. We've been poking around a different one. Okay, Greg. 
I we use Salesforce, um, but you know what I've learned with some of these CRMs, they are as good as they're the as good as the time as you put in. The, yeah. yeah. And you you actually have to use them, and and our issue has always been, you know, they threw it out there and they gave us all these little bells and whistles. Well, no, they never really gave us the keys to figure out kind of how to use it all. So it's we've had it for five years, and and only now am I really starting to use it to its full potential, which that's kind of sad. And did you say it was Salesforce? Yes, Salesforce. Okay. So Saglo uses uh, Act. Um, just a really highly modified version of ACT that, that the, the team uh, shares the central database. And you can see everybody else's notes, and, and we find it very productive. How long are you going to keep that, or are you going to move on to something that you don't have to work so hard adapting all the time? Or do you think you got it now and it's going to stay? Um, there, you know, we, we haven't found something else that works as good as a, just purely a CRM as ACT. Um, the, re, the, the weakness of ACT is the reporting. The, re, uh-huh. the reporting for specifically for leasing, um, we just don't, we, we have a template which we re, actually do generate reports through ACT, but it's just a little bit more of an extra step. Uh, uh-huh. But we haven't found another CRM that works as good as a CRM other than that. So that's why so we're, you know, I've got, been, I just um, got the results. We just closed the survey, the annual leasing yeah. agent survey. And one of the questions I ask every year is, you know, does your team use a CRM? 35%. Is, that's up from last year, I think, was 22%. So we're moving in the right direction. But it's incredible. You know, if you asked any other sales organization in any other industry, you know, it would be 80 or 90%, but I think it's because in other industries, the employees are employees and not independent contractors. That's what mm-hmm. I think. Right. Right. Um, okay, so we're, we're winding down. Uh, any other comments before I talk about a couple of the announcements? Um, this is Marcia Minton from Madison Marquette. Um, I just Hi, wanted to. Hi, how are you? Um, I just wanted to touch base. Um, so I, I do have a CRM. However, I have always had it on my own. Uh, Madison does not, um, does not have one, nor have I had one in any of my previous companies either. And I use Client Look, um, which is not as robust uh, or as costly as you might find from uh, the platforms um, that use Salesforce, like Apto and a couple of the other ones. Um, but it, it, it does the... The, the minimums of what I needed to do without it being too um, too, too much and paying for more than, than I need, and it also comes with a, a virtual assistant, which is fantastic because I can I can email information over or um, leave a message for this virtual assistant, and anything that I can do in client look, they can do for me. Um, but with regard to uh, the Todoist and the Evernote conversation, um, I use Todoist, I, I think I've tried almost everything out there, but going back to the GTD, I didn't read the full book, but I sort of did a cliff notes of it after I read several chapters of it and it started making my head spin. Um, but one of the things that I had really done that I had found was after using Todoist, I was already using Evernote and I wanted to see which one I thought was going to really keep me more organized and be able to implement GTD into it. 
and I had found a really great resource that um, really broke down exactly if you're already an Evernote user how to uh, how to basically launch DTD into your Evernote, which going back to the zero inbox, which I don't have, um, with the plugins with with Evernote, um, I I will manage most of my task list and and you know using uh, what I call the cabinet um, in Evernote that I'll plug emails into, and then I'll wind up doing like a mass uh, a, a mass sort of the emails that I've already you know dealt with, whether it was an action item, um, whether it was something that could be done at work, whether it could be done at home, whether and, and I use it not only for work, but I use it for home as well to manage um, you know, all of the different things. Is it something that needs to be done now? Is it something that needs to be done next? Um, you know, an incubation period, that sort of thing. And then within um, Outlook, I basically take all of those emails that I've already really addressed and just drag them into a folder. Um, so I have them separated by year. Um, so 2018 emails are, are all in a 2018 email folder. Um, so I kind of manage that process that way, but I really have had a lot of success in, um, in implementing um, the GTD system within Evernote. And again, it was for me making sure that you could, um, you could integrate Outlook you know, with, with whatever the system was, because most of us, I think, do use Outlook. However, I realize there's a lot of people with Gmail, and I could also integrate Gmail with um, with Evernote and the GTD as well. So, anybody that's um, already using Evernote, if you um, are looking to employ GTD into it, I'm happy to um, you know share the uh, the resource that I had had that I've been using for years now. Thank you, Marsha. That, that was great. I, you know, what, what I'll do, just and in, in closing on this whole organizational thing, um, you know, every once in a while, probably on an airplane, I'll just go and go, okay, I'm going to just delete all of 2016 emails. And I literally just delete them all. And, and for about five, you know, thir- 15 seconds, I'm having heart palpitations. And then mm-hmm. I probably never even you know, think about it. No, I, I'm thinking, what photographs am I deleting? You know, or, and I'm just hoping it's all in the cloud. And if it's not, oh, well, you know, so I sometimes just do that or I'll, you know, so FYI, one of the other tricks I use to try to get my 47,000 down to the 68 that Hugh has. Okay. So great co- discussion. Thank you guys so much for being on the call. Next, so the next book is phenomenal. Now, I know at least nine people that jumped ahead and read the next book and have been calling me and seeing me at conferences and texting me and telling me how they loved the book. It's called Atomic Habits. I have no idea the author's name because I don't have the book in front of me. But it's James Atomic Clear. Habit. Who is it? James Clear. Did you read it already? Are you the ones that jumped ahead? I've, yeah, I've read it a couple times and watch the videos. The videos are a very good supplement to the book. Okay, so it's phenomenal. It's on April 12th, uh, same time. So, uh, so do that. For those of us that are going to retail live on April 10th, uh, in Orlando, I'm actually going to be speaking there this year. So hope to see you guys there. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks for being on the call. And 
see you in the next book club, Atomic Habits. I'm, I'm already loving it. I think you guys are all going to love it. And it's a good transition from getting organized to now creating good habits. So have a great uh, rest of your month, and I'll see you uh, next month. Thanks again. Thanks, Matt. Thanks.